0: Money FM 89.3. Best of drive time. Under the radar.
1: You're listening to Money FM 89.3, and it's now time for Under the Radar with me, Chua Tian Tian. Now, ChatGPT, generative AI, and the money behind them—that's what we are going to be talking about on this segment. And our guest for today is from Microsoft, which has invested over ten billion US dollars in ChatGPT maker OpenAI. The company also launched earlier this month new versions of its Bing internet search engine and Edge browser, powered by the newest technology from OpenAI. At the launch, Microsoft had said that Every percentage point of market share it gains from the search advertising market could bring in another 2 billion US dollars of ad revenue. How much of a share is the company aiming for? And also, what is the financial value of such generative AI solutions at scale for businesses? How would that shake up the tech industry? How much of a first-mover advantage can Microsoft really gain before all the other tech giants play catch up? Uh, all these burning questions, let's pose them to Richard Koh, Chief Technology Officer and Customer Success Lead at Microsoft Singapore. Well, Richard, welcome to the show.
0: Thank you, Tian It's a pleasure to be here.
1: And uh, we may be very familiar with Microsoft, but I would assume that a company's business model and how it positions itself over time and the changing environment uh, would evolve. So let's hear it from you. Uh, how would you describe Microsoft's business model and industry positioning in this age of generative AI or in the age of chat GPT, if we could call it that way?
0: I I think let's unpack that a little bit. Um, When we think about our company's mission of empowering every person and every organization on the planet to achieve more, it really boils down to how do we bring technology and put it into the hands of business users, pro developers, uh, even uh, citizen developers, for example. And when we think about the power of GPT and what we have seen Mm -hmm. just over the last couple of months with JetGPT, and... You think about it, this is just a a part of generative AI. And when we think about the power of it, where it can come in, whether is it helping businesses do better in terms of, let's say, information search itself or supply chain tracking, things like that, um, making meetings more productive. And when we think about what we do at Microsoft, it's Mm. really about empowering our users of let's say, for example, our Azure platform with the OpenAI service, for example. Mm. Or Teams meetings, making them more productive, taking notes automatically. Mm. Those are some of the exciting uh, capabilities that we're bringing to our suite of products. And uh, yeah, we really can't, wait to see what our customers and partners will do with it.
1: Right. So let's dive straight into chat GPT. A good number of us may have tried our hands on it. Uh, those who are lucky will be able to try that Bing demo. But are we just scratching the tip of the iceberg here when it comes to generative AI solutions?
0: I would say in some ways, yes. I think um, when you think about what this GPT capabilities has come about, it's really bringing forth the imagination of what artificial intelligence can do. Remember in the past years, we look at some of the perhaps more narrower capabilities around things like uh, object recognition, uh, language translation itself. But with generative AI, What it's able to do is to ingest a huge corpus of information and then be able to interact with the user, generating more human-like type of responses. So it's almost like a co-pilot that you have on the web as you experience the new Bing search and our Edge browser itself. It's Mm. just so exciting that you can plan trips, for example, or plan a recipe for your Mm. family over the weekend. And it's not just about searching the web, but you're really asking the web this time. Hmm. So I think when we think about it in the, the kind of um, workplace setting itself, there are also many opportunities and scenarios that you can think about. Whether hmm. it's it meetings, collaboration across teams, things like that. Right. I think those are huge, huge potential that we're looking at.
1: Okay, let's talk about one thing that we love talking about here on Money FM and that is money. And... Uh on that note, I'd like to turn our attention to look at the commercialization of ChatGPT and uh, generative AI solutions. What would that look like, really? Because Reuters earlier reported that Microsoft started discussion with agencies to incorporate advertisements into Bing. So, I want to get your thoughts on this.
0: Well, it's it's a it's an interesting um, thing that you when you look at it, um, not just from a monetization perspective itself. I think when you think about how we are looking on in bringing this technology itself, it also helps different, let's say, for example, the agencies rethink the way they think how they reach their users. What is the kind of interactivity that they can bring in terms of user engagement, for example? Mm -hmm. So it's not just about popping up an ad, but really about that interaction that take many turns. And I think that's where the chat GPT piece of it kind of, reignite a lot of people's imagination where you can have that kind of interaction mm-hmm. almost like a friend on the web, if you will. Now, the, the way I like to say it is always this. This is something that is still very new and we are learning as we go. What is really important is that we focus ourselves and the whole industry around the responsible AI principles and the ecosystem mm-hmm. itself. And this is something that we have been very excited about partnering with OpenAI building up the principles, making them real into tools and processes itself, and then putting them into services like Azure OpenAI Service itself so that our customers, our partners, can build new scenarios, new exciting solutions with these services on Azure.
1: Okay, so before that, you talked about responsible AI, and I do want to touch on that because mm-hmm. there are financial consequences as well. Absolutely. Earlier, we saw uh, one of the major players in the search engine coming up with maybe a wrong answer in their AI function, and uh, it has costly consequences. So as a company, as Microsoft, what would you do to you know mitigate the risk of that happening?
0: That's a great question, Tintin. I think when we think about rolling this out to the world itself, we expect some of the mistakes to be made as well. And I think our users' feedback is very important to us. We need to learn from that and improve the way our models work along the way as well. So I think with the responsible AI principles and the tools and processes that we're put in place uh, behind the engine itself really helps us to think about how to mitigate against such risk, like harmful content or responses that just seem out of whack. So I think mm. it's important as we think about that. And at Microsoft, when, when we operationalize this, it's mm. uh, committees like Ether. So that's the um, uh, committee that looks after the ethics and the responsibility of artificial intelligence right. in research and engineering, but also how we have set up an office of responsible AI around governance and uh, really thinking about how do we put the policies in place so that uh, our engineers and developers can also create products responsibly
1: just a quick one what would that principles entail just one example maybe
0: so let's think about a principle like inclusiveness i think for us here at singapore when we think about building a digitally inclusive and resilient society itself Inclusiveness really thinks about how do you make sure that your AI models look across all the different um, people. For example, whether it's skin color, whether is it um, whether is it different languages and things like that. Right. We have to really think about all the different aspects when it come in. Now, you and I, we are sitting mm-hmm. here, we're very able bodied, but there are a billion people living on this planet with some form of disabilities. So when we bring this intelligent technology into society, we have to think about how do we include them as well. So this is one of the principles that Mm. drives our research as well as our product development.
1: All right. And I do want to get Microsoft's take on the business environment that it lies in, particularly in the search engine space. Mm -hmm. Because uh, the company had said during an investor presentation that... (laughs) Every percentage point of market share you gain in the search advertising market could bring in two billion US dollars of ad revenue. Now the big question is, at whose expense does it come at? But I'm not going to put you in a spot. Uh, the question is, how much of a share are you aiming for now?
0: I think that's a great question. Before thinking about just the share part of of it, I think the most important thing is what we are doing that really empowers our users, empowers organization to achieve more. And when we think about that, it's really more about making sure that our models really helps the users, uh, the, the, the mom who's looking to create the recipe for the weekend. I think making that personal and making it relevant makes, makes it a lot mm-hmm. more attractive in that sense. Now, we're very excited what it promises, but at the same time, we're grounded in our mission. And mm. the the, the chat the challenges that comes with it as well. We are very clear eyed about it. Any this, percentage
1: that, numbers you can give us at uh, this point?
0: Unfortunately I don't <laughs> have that. But right. I, I would say it's it's that's in some ways is secondary. If we can mm-hmm. live our company's mission I'm sure that the, numbers the, the will results come. will come.
1: Okay. But uh, beyond being right now, you mentioned about Azure a couple of times as mm. well. How does Microsoft intend to integrate, whether it's ChatGPT, whether it's the broader generative AI into your suite of services? How much financial value do you intend to unlock?
0: Oh, financial value is an interesting one. But I think when we think about our platform, like Azure itself, we are bringing the open AI service into our Azure suite of AI services itself. So while there are capabilities that are for business users and pro users, uh, let's say citizen developers as well, what we're looking at is bringing these capabilities so that application developers can think about bringing GPT 3.5, Codex, DALI 2 Mm. into the business applications that they're creating. Almost like creating an AI co-pilot Mm-hmm. with their human users itself. And, and I think that's a very exciting phase that we're entering to in terms of the web.
1: Okay. And uh, overall, what do you think is the potential of generative AI at scale for businesses in particular? How would that change how the tech industry evolves over the next 5 to 10 years then? Well,
0: I think when you think about the web, it kind of started out with the PC and the server And then we transform into the mobile and the cloud itself. And for a lot of businesses, when they are serving their customers, and a lot of them do it digitally these days, I'm sure we have all remembered that the past couple of years of that COVID-19 pandemic has really pushed a lot of uh, organization to digitalize. And with this potential, what they're looking at is how are they going to be able to do more with less yeah. and achieve more with less itself? And these are some of the kind of technology where it helps them to reimagine whether it's supply chain processes, whether it's detecting fraud in, let's say, financial services or mm-hmm. things like that. I think those are capabilities that allows them to reimagine their processes and be able to kind of bring about productivity gains but also at the same time bringing that intelligence into the processes itself.
1: Which means then would you consider bringing in, let's say, a subscription services related to AI for businesses in this regard as
0: Absolutely. part of an added
1: service to Azure and all?
0: Absolutely. It cuts across not only from an an Azure uh, platform Mm -hmm. standpoint as well, but also our Microsoft 365 business, our Dynamics 365 business. One exciting one, for example, in Viva, Viva sales Mm -hmm. itself, with showcasing some of these capabilities where, let's say, for example, sales reps are able to take in some of Mm -hmm. these interactions, emails that they have with clients and be able to help to generate responses at scale.
1: I can't wait to get uh, GPT and generative AI solutions to help me write my emails. (laughs) Uh, Well, um, Richard, before we let you go, let's take a look at the current industry landscape, the Mm. competitive landscape in particular. How much of a first mover advantage do you think Microsoft will have before the other players play catch up with it? Because we do have someone coming up with Ernie, the other one coming with Bart. They are all coming in hot and fast. So um, what are your thoughts on this?
0: I think let's unpack that question a little bit around the notion of a first-mover advantage. It's not necessarily being just being the first itself, yeah. but being true to our company's mission and how we are serving our customers itself. And also being grounded with our responsible AI principles. Mm. A lot of times, I like to quote what our senior leaders at Microsoft has said. Mm. It's not about what the technology can do, mm-hmm. but really what it should do. And I think a very important aspect is when we think about our society here and what we're trying to build here in Singapore, being resilient, being digitally inclusive, it's really about aligning that values there and then bringing that technology that fits that value so that we can make sure that it helps us towards that goal.
1: So the sense that I'm getting from you is that let's try and instead of look at what is the business environment and how we are going to get a big share of it, let's focus on the underlying values, what we are trying to do and we aim for longer term value. Ultimately, that's what drives us in the longer term, right? It's not about who comes in first, but who still stays stays there in the long term, right?
0: Yes, absolutely. Okay,
1: and before we let you go, Richard, what's brewing for Microsoft Singapore? Any teasers for us, a quick one. Yeah.
0: Well, if I may, I would um, really encourage you know all your listeners uh, to look up what we are doing around in this space. Uh, certainly, our colleagues are all preparing for uh, more sharing around our Azure OpenAI service itself. It's really exciting, and uh, we're just getting a lot of overwhelming um, <laughs> ask from from a lot of our customers. The wait list for
1: the wait list for being is very long, by the way. <laughs>
0: Well, hopefully we can shorten that up. But like I mentioned earlier, I think it is imperative for us to learn along the way, users' feedback, and then improve the models as we go along. So this is this is a very important aspect of our journey.
1: All right. Thank you very much, Richard. That was Richard Koh, Chief Technology Officer and Customer Success Lead at Microsoft Singapore. Thank you very much for joining us on Money FM 89.3.
0: Thank you so much, Tintian. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance.